This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. And here we go again. It's the Minivan Dad Chicago Fire postgame edition. 2-2 draw with Montreal. I'm joined tonight by senior editor of Hot Time in Old Town. I've got Pat back with me again. Pat, you know, we, the last time the Fire had a draw we was the Columbus game. And the question we asked was, did they drop two points or did they steal a point? Right. And I don't feel... That was I'm definitely sure. two points dropped. Right. Tonight, I'm not sure. Tonight kind of feels like they stole a point, or at least not. I would I wouldn't say that it wasn't two points dropped, and it wasn't one point gained. It was fair, fair. It was yeah. what was supposed to happen. It was uh, kind of a dull. It, it, two two games aren't typically dull. That's a weird thing. This one was, um, but it, it's it seemed like a fair result. Um, a road point is, is a point that I'll take and we'll move on. And that, and that, and that seems fair. I, I felt like large, stri- when you started seeing how this game was going to line up, you knew there was a chance that it was going to be boring. You have Montreal, which is a counterattacking team and just sits back and there, they had, you could see five at the back most of the night. I mean, a flat five and that's hard to break down and you're on the road. And you've got that whole same day issue where teams are lethargic to begin with. So it's set up. You're like, this could be a tough one to look anything stylistic. It kind of reminded me of the game at Cincinnati, but with better teams overall. I mean, the fire are playing much better in this game. Uh, Montreal, while they are a sit back and counterattack team are a much better side than Cincinnati. So the only difference it did, I can see that comparison. Definitely. The only difference I would say is that, in that game, it didn't feel like a goal could be scored. In okay. in this game, I kind of did feel at the end like one of the two teams might get a late winner. As bad as and the game wasn't bad, it was just kind of kind of dull, kind of slow, kind of the fire looked kind of slow, probably because you know they uh, they're doing this quick turnaround travel thing where they travel the same day and they go hang out at a hotel for a few hours, um, which seems to be weird, but it's what everybody has to do. And and it's not like Montreal has it easy. They're not playing at home. They, they um, live in a after hotel. Their last game. Yeah. They, after their last game sent at least some of the players home to see their families and then came back across the border. Those players were unable to train and unable to get treatment at that time. It was a, like a, basically a special deal. They had lost four in a row. Uh, I can't believe I'm about to say this sentence, but I talked to Thierry Henry earlier and he, before the game, and he said that, you know, his guys were, were on the, like a down swoop right now. He actually felt like the fire were playing good soccer. He said, even in the games that they were drawing and losing, they were having bad luck, but doing really good things. So it kind of felt like this wasn't, you know, a, uh, in that sense, it wasn't, we're calling it a road game, but it was kind of a neutral site game in many ways. Correct. And it was between two teams that were fairly similar in the standings and they played a fairly similar game. I, I, I do think the fire were better today than Montreal, um, Yeah, no. but it is what it is. Sure. And it, it's, it's interesting because at the Vegas, you know, I always like to look at Vegas lines because they usually are pretty indicative of what to expect in a game, like which team is should be better. Mm-hmm. And Vegas had the Fire's pretty solid favorites tonight. And I'm yeah. looking at going, I, I and then, so I, I guess I had kind of expectations. And there were large stretches, like I said, that's what it felt like they were. They should have been better for large stretches. And they were, but they were in the final third. I want to say the creativity wasn't there that we've seen the last few games. It wasn't there. A lot of the cross was a step behind or just bombed yeah. out of play. It just felt like they were off a little bit tonight. Now, that said, Clement Diop, thankfully, was the equalizer in this match for the fire. 
I mean, just the first, the opener, the opening goal was absolutely horrific yep. on his part. And then even the equalizer by Calvo, if you're a goalie and you come out like that, you need to get it. It As a professional, like, did he get his hands on it? He I, got his hand on it a yeah. little bit just to change it up, which is why, like Tony, Tony Miola said, Calvo's goal, that made it that much harder, except that he vacated the net. It's right. like, as a goalie, you are taught, if you come out, you need to get the ball. He didn't do it. Not enough of it. No. And yeah, and the distribution on the, the I think it was Georgie that picked it off and played it back to, to Barrich on that first goal. That was pretty pathetic on his part. But um, I guess the fire had one bad goalkeeping moment too. Bobby Shuttleworth spilled the, the, the goal in the 22nd minute that tied it up for Montreal. Now, that was... I think his only bad moment of the game. Otherwise, I thought he was excellent tonight. But but if he doesn't he doesn't spill that, he would absolutely want that one back. As a goalie, yeah. like I said, I think he would want that back. If you, but when you spill it like that, um, yeah, it was it was Georgie knocked it off, and then um, I'm looking at it right now and touch it. Barrett Barrett pitched it up, picked it up, turned uh-huh. and just beat him far yeah. post. It was it was kind of a weird turn by Barrage too. It was almost like his body shape was jacked up because of he kind of shot quicker than his body turned, but hey man, it, it went in and he that was actually his fifth straight game with a goal which tied David Akam's team record. So And I think cool. and I think back when when that streak started, we sat there and said and it wasn't if I remember right, it was an ugly goal. We're going, hey that's hey, that's just how that's it has the one to be. he needed. He had an he ugly needed goal that one penalty. He got, yep. Mm-hmm. And then things got rolling from there. Um, he's, he's playing much, much better right now. Absolutely. Um, I, I asked him about that in the post game. I'm like, is something different? And he's like, the the thing that's different is that we're finally learning where each other are going to be. And he's like, I now know to make different runs when different players have the ball. And, and um, it's we're getting more comfortable with each other. So, I, I mean, I could probably see some truth to that. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and I want it just like I said. This one seemed a little. This is a weird night. I'm looking, and now I'm going to look ahead a little bit, and I want to say the next, the next game is at Kansas City. Am I right? If I'm right, it's a you are correct. Game. And there's a note about that that I should share. That game is not on WGN. It is only on ESPN Plus because that is the night of the vice presidential debate, and WGN is carrying Pence and Kamala, which. I never thought of, but that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, yeah. Get ESPN Plus. Or find somebody who, yeah, or find somebody who does do a free do a free trial somewhere through Hulu, YouTube, TV, it's whatever. It's cheap, and you get a lot yeah. of soccer and other sports. So, yeah. I think it's worth it. Well, yeah, you don't, and if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already have it. So, yeah, it'll be on ESPN Plus. You'll still have Tony and Tyler, so check that one out. Um so what else, what other things did you take away from the post game tonight? I mean, how what was the mood? Good. Um, it was Wiki as usual, and then there's always two players, and they Barrett did and Calvo. Uh, Barrett and Calvo. Calvo was happy as he should be. He had his contract picked up yesterday um, for 2021, and uh, you know it looked in the last game he made a few really um, long runs into the box in the last game. Mm-hmm. Um, not just on corners, but you know, in, in different situations, it's looked like he's been hungry to grab a goal or maybe Wiki has said, you now have the freedom to go a little bit more and, and we'll have Mauricio stay. I'm not sure. Uh, but he got that goal tonight. Um, he, he seemed happy. His, his hair was uh, beautiful. He fixed it. Um, he fixed it right there before we, he, he needed to wait before he could answer questions because he needed to get his hair fixed nicely. And he did. And uh, yeah, good, good for Francisco. He, he's a guy that, you know, we, you mainly, your brother, Me. especially um, Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota United, Minnesota United yeah. fans have. Yeah, they have here. here I'll say this. And I said it on Twitter the, um, on Friday when they announced that they were picking his contract up for the net for 2021. To me, that made perfect sense. I there was no question to get for to get a player that has his abilities at the value they're getting him at, I think this is a solid move for him. I, I don't just, he's still the captain of the team. He seems to be fitting in well. It, their system, their team comes together. They, they, 
Mickey has said on enough occasions that you've reported that he's an integral piece to keeping this team together and getting it together mm-hmm. with so many new parts. This is a no-brainer to me. You want unique. This yeah. is such a wonky, weird year to begin with. Assuming under the presumption next year is any sort of normal, you want you're going to want continuity and your captain and somebody who's a commun- great who communicates well within the team. It seems like. You need that. So no, that was to me was a no-brainer. I was I was actually glad to see it. He's been on the upswing lately. We've seen a lot more good Calvo than bad Calvo, no question about it. And um, no, I was I was happy yeah. to see that contract picked up. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's important to point out like when when people go, well, Calvo's been bad. We why aren't we releasing him? Well, what happens if you release him? Who the question is not. It, the question is who is that going to be? Obviously, they're 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 looking at other people. He's a left-sided center back. Kappelhoff and Pineda both play on the right side, so they're obviously looking at people they could bring in to be a left-sided center back to compete with Calvo. If anything, just for depth, and maybe maybe I, I actually don't know which side Carlos Tehran plays on. Maybe that's him. He is not here yet, but they've signed him, so he's coming. Um, but the question is not, so the question is not, well, Calvo makes mistakes. There's, there's this rap on Calvo, so we should just dump him. It's a lot more complex than that. It's like, who who is going to take his spot? Um, if you do bring in the person who's going to take his spot, do you still need depth? Um, and then, yeah, he's good. He's good, but but as Wiki pointed out tonight, and, and he's pointed out in the press conference yesterday, he's good. But he's got issues, and Wiki's like, he knows what his issues are. I've been very clear to him what he needs to improve upon. And even tonight, when I asked, I'm like, I'm like, basically through Wiki Asafal, how good was Francisco? He's like, he was very good, but I still want to go back and watch the film and find the areas where I can have him improve because you know it's that's that's the process that we're going through with him. And that um, and that leads, and I'm going to step in here and just say that leaves me with a lot of optimism with Calvo. Sorry, Willie, you, you'll get over this one. Is the fact that it sounds like they have that rapport where Wiki can take the game apart, dissect it for Calvo, and Calvo listens and responds. And that, and, maybe, okay. and, and maybe that's why we're seeing Calvo on the upswing is when those mistakes happen, the way Wiki communicates with Calvo, it gets to him. It makes sense to Francisco, and he does well. I mean, I'm maybe I'm getting a little – and maybe yes. I'm getting soft in my old age. No. I don't know, but here's, and here's the other point. Cut Calvo. Okay, go ahead. Who are you going to sign at a center back on t- with his quality at his price? And it's not going to be a question of, and sorry, the only team I think that wouldn't go near him would be, would be Minnesota. I, I don't think it would be if he gets picked up. It's how quickly does he get picked up? He would up? get picked up, right. Yeah, he's, yes, he makes mistakes. But like, like I told you, I, I've said this a bunch of times on Hot Time and on this show. He is a very, very influential person in the locker room before he was even named captain. He is a leader on the team. And to, to get a sense of how much we asked, I can't remember if it was me or Brian or Jeremy, but one of us asked uh, Bobby Shuttleworth yesterday um, about Francisco getting his option picked up. And Bobby's like, Bobby sat there and, and this is the guy who played with him at Minnesota and here. Um, he's like, I cannot say enough good things about this guy. And it was the most genuine answer because Bobby would not give this level of answer if he did not like him. I can tell you that. Um, it's like he is he is the leader. He he works harder than everybody. He sets the tone. He he you know, people realize they have to work harder because he is he is. a And, and he said and Wiki has said this, too. If you have some criticism of him. You can say it to him and he will listen to you. He will he will actually listen to your ideas about what the team can do better or what he can do better. So he's not somebody who um, shuts out criticism. So that's a that's a good sign, too, to me. No, and uh, agreed. Um, well, and again, he is 28 years old now. And he's this is mm-hmm. what second he's ending his second season with the fire, right? Mm hmm. So he was the captain of Minnesota, which was a new team at 25. Yeah, that's a, that's, a lot, that's a lot, and that's a lot. That's a lot of ask. Right. And yeah. part of the maturation process, and you know this, we're, you and I are old, so we we can talk about this. Learning from your mistakes. Oh yeah. And maybe he's hit. Maybe that that light has kind of clicked in the sense of 
he's seeing like the mistakes he made at MLS is drunk where you and I savaged or I savaged him probably more than you did. And I still think I was right in doing it. Maybe he's starting to see that that just doesn't work. That is a bad example to set. If I'm seeing it and here I am. Yeah. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a D licensed coach. You know, we joke about that. Um, I've watched way too much soccer. If I'm catching it, you know, somebody else is including their coaching staff. And I'm sure it's getting to him, but it seems like instead of shouting, shutting out, shutting down and and pouting about it, maybe he's picked that hole up in his game. I, like I said, the last few games, he's been really good. I've had no complaints with him the last tonight included. Um, so it, it now the next thing for him is he's got to bring Pineda with him, and they've got to solidify the chemistry. And it seems like they are, it's getting closer tonight. I, we saw more tonight from them. So, Nope. Good on him to good on him yeah. to be picked up for next year. I think that was an excellent, excellent move by the club. So, and I've got to your point no about D license coaching, if they'll give them to us, they'll give them to anybody. They, well, this is also true. Well, if if you have the money to pay for it, because you know U.S. Soccer, I I I love to laugh and say they they look they're looking to make a buck on it, but nah, I'm not going to give it. it. It's if you're going to put in that kind of time, somebody has to be paid to be be paid to do it, and they want and they're not going to you're not going to get somebody. So that's that. So anyway. Yeah, actually, actually, our, I will say our D license course was pretty great, I thought. So, yeah, it was outstanding. So you want to do some ratings or you got anything else from the post game that you want to touch on or. No, I, I, uh, I just, you know, well, I, I guess I'll keep this. I will say there is one big thing coming up and that is no Gaston Jimenez for like the next month. So. Or, 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 or Navarro, uh, Miguel, Miguel I, and Hal Navarro, correct. Yeah, I did not like Navarro's performance today. I expected him to play because why wouldn't he? Because he's leaving for a month. But yep. And you want to get Johnny B a day off. I, I do think Andre will play some too in the next month or so. But yeah, they, they're gone for two weeks and then they basically they have to quarantine for 10 days. So it's almost a full month that they're going to be gone. The Fire have like eight games in the next month. Well, that's so. what I know. Right. I, I noticed that. It's like mm-hmm. they have the next two weeks, they're midweekend weekend. So I would suspect that Pineda moves up to the six and Kappelhoff uh, comes in and plays center back on the right side. Yeah. I was going to say the other thought I had is, or does Madron drift back a little bit? He, that's the other option. It, and that depends on if Kappelhoff is ready or not. If Kappelhoff is ready, they will go with that option. If he's not, then Madron will probably drift back and you'll throw somebody else in the center of midfield as an eight, maybe Bronico or somebody. So, well, our Bronico could could drift into that six role too. I mean, he'd he be could, a, he could he'd be a zero. straight he, he, a zero. Yeah, you, I a mean, Bronico or a zero, you're going to have more of a straight six. You're not going to have somebody going forward, but right. Um, but I think that Pineda is more likely to play it since he played it in the first two games in March before Jimenez. It was in the second game that Jimenez mm-hmm. actually played the last thirty minutes, and, and Pineda shifted back. But um, I could see either way happening. And maybe some of both. I, it, you know what? It's probably going to come down with the way Wiki manages. It'll, it'll come down matchup to matchup. I think. I think he'll. So, I trust that. So, let's get into some ratings tonight. What do you think? Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to start. I'm going to read it right down the way they had it lined up on MLS.com. So we're going to go in order that order tonight, or actually bottom to top forward, because I like to start with the front. Robert Barrett gave him a six tonight. He had yep. the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, which was he had the opportunity he finished it i felt like there were a lot of chances up front but i don't feel like there were any sitters he missed necessarily um that i can recall he was off sides quite a bit again tonight which always troubles me i know you're trying to push that back line but you, you gotta time your runs a little better there i mean i think I, they had him at four or five times he was off sides tonight and that's that's a lot for him that's a lot so um the goal was good but in a game you get a two-two draw. Hey, I don't know. Maybe should I have? I feel like I should have high expectations for him. And tonight he didn't feel like he was as impactful as he's been in the last few games. But still solid. Yeah, a six is fine. He scored. Um, that's fine. All right. Uh, next one is going to be Nacho Alaseda. I have a five for him. That's he was fine. there. Yeah. He, he was quiet. Yeah. Quite kind of quiet. He moved into the middle when Herbers came out, and I. I was kind of curious to see how that would work out. Uh, whatever, I, I feel like, especially the last tonight, especially like that flair that he's had, he had for a few games, 
it's not there. Maybe maybe it's just part of being young and getting hitting the wall of the season. I get it. I get it. There there was a huge gap in the season. This is a season you really can't judge that on. But they played a lot of games in a short amount of time. So I wonder if he's starting to hit that wall a little bit. Maybe might be. I mean, we're actually at the point where in the pre-COVID world, the season would have been the regular season would have been over at this point. And uh, so it's yeah, you're you're kind of late in the year, and you still have a lot more games to go. Sure, um, eight more, I believe. Yeah, that's a lot of soccer to be played yet. The mm-hmm. next one I have is um, I've got Fabian uh, Fabian Herbers, who you will have in the next few days coming up at hot time. I know you've got a really big piece you're developing on him and I'm looking forward to that, but so I want yeah, to give you, a, give it that awesome. nod. Yeah, I'm it's, very, very, very excited about this Fabi piece that I'm writing. Ho- hopefully it turns out cause it's, he's got a really cool backstory. He did not think he was going to be a professional soccer player in the United States. I can tell you that. So, so you'll want to check that out. Hot time in old time when it comes out. That said tonight was not his best performance. I have a four for him. He, I, for all the impact he's had, this was not it. He is the king of Soldier Field. Uh, he was quiet tonight for sure. I don't think he was bad, but he was kind of, just kind of quiet. So would you, a four seem fair for him? Yeah, that's fine. I, I guess I, I don't remember him doing anything good or bad, so may, you might be able to argue a five. But in a number ten, you need to have some sort of presence. Yeah. And it wasn't there tonight, so... It definitely wasn't to the level that it was in the previous few games that we got used to. But I will say with him, in in getting to know him, he is very critical of himself. Like, for the when the people online start saying Fabian Herber sucks or whatever they said, um, he's aware when he's playing well and he's aware when he's playing not. He, he has, he's really cerebral, so he, he has a good idea of how he's doing. Sure. And I think I bet he would agree with you that tonight wasn't his best night. All right. So we're going to move on. Georgie Mihaljevic. Um, we talked a little bit about him in the pre-show and I gave him a six and you're, you were kind of a little surprised by that. I felt like he, maybe he drifted a little bit inside, but I felt like he was the target that Henri had said to his side, you keep him from beating you. Maybe. And, yeah. I mean, he's, and I, I yeah. there were two or three, I, it was in the middle, late in the first half. I think it was the second or third time he got hacked really well. Uh, my my eight year old turned Charlie turns to me and goes, "Dad, is all is that all they're going to do is going to foul him all night?" And I'm like, <laughs> "This, it, I mean, this is also a team Montreal that I think got red cards in like three of the last four games." So, um, but yeah, it that seemed to be the strategy with Georgie and and Georgie had the interception and and um, assist on the Barrage goal. That it was a great read. Other than that, he felt a little bit kind of slow tonight and maybe that's a function of getting the crap beat out of you physically and travel on top of that so but sure. yeah, a six six i would probably say a five but a six is fine i'm looking at his number of passes and i i'm look just look getting a quick number on it a lot more a lot more green than red um he he was if you when you when you look at the the chalkboard the opta chalkboard he was fine he, yeah. he was decent tonight, and that's why I think he was better than average. And and when you put him up against the rest of the team, he was one of the – you know, I saw that um, Ruben, when he was putting up man of the match, had a picture of Georgie, and I'm like going, I wouldn't have put him up there, that well, but I'm like, he was better than – Ruben always teams. puts up a different photo of – Than who he selects. Than who he selects, yeah, because we, we always talk about who we, who we select, and for whatever reason, he likes to trick you with a different photo. Um, um, okay. But – uh, yeah, it's he's he has been since basically making amends with Wiki and coming on um, in place of Frankowski. One of the single biggest reasons why they've turned it around to me. So Barrett and, and I agree. And I, but Mahalovich I do. And Herbers to me. Sure. And, and, and I, I would I would throw Calvo and Shuttleworth in there, too. Correct. Now, I do want to touch on that because um, during the game, Ruben, uh, off the hot time in Old Town feed, had made a mention of Frankowski's ability to have an impact tonight with his speed on the wings. Maybe that would have been a nice little thing. To have. Now, he's out injured. I get it. And everybody has been down on Frankowski. But I don't disagree with that notion tonight that Frankowski's pace on the wings might have been really, really would have been an advantage, especially as we got into the second half and the game kind of turned into a slog. Yeah, I mean, it's there was the rumor that came out that that Velko Panovic wanted to sign him for Reading, um, the 
four and zero. Four and zero Reading, um, which top, <laughs> soon to be in the Premier League at this pace, Reading, um, and uh, I think it was Jeremy Akula from the Chicago Tribune that asked um, Wiki about that. He very directly said, "I do not want to sign or do not sell. want to trade or sell Frankowski." So he still, Wiki still feels that there's a place for him in the team. Um, even though Georgie's been playing better than than he was, um, but, but yeah, it's well. It's, hey, I, let's let's look at this on a, on a very simplistic level. Georgie was in the doghouse, fought his way out of it, and I feel like my get now Frankowski's hurt, but I feel like he was getting his way into that same doghouse. But Wiki's doghouse isn't permanent, and he is not a no. He doesn't hold a grudge. Guy. Yeah, no. So I think I think if Frankowski. When he's back and healthy, if he grows into the position kind of like Georgie did, that's not a bad thing. It might, I mean, this could be a blessing in disguise where he gets to sit back and watch a little bit and learn. Frankowski's not old by any stretch. I think he's got some, I mean, so I think that when he comes back healthy, I'm guessing he's going to be, I, I, I'm hoping for a Georgie, chance. like, I, he'll, yeah. I, I feel like a Georgie type renaissance is in his future. That, I'll put that prediction out there now. So that said, let's move on. Um, Alvaro Madron. A five. Okay. He was, fi- he was fine. I, I don't, again, he had a lot of nice crosses, definitely on corner he kicks. He had the assist, the assist on Calvo, yeah. He had the assist on Calvo, yeah. He, he was fine. But I don't remember, again, nothing overly impactful, per se. Um, Gaston yeah. Jimenez, go ahead. Sorry, you want, you want Amadron. No, go on, you want, yeah. Jimenez. Go on. You know, I'm I'm a fan of Jimenez. I thought he was his impact on the game was good. I gave him a six. That that chance he had in the second half, instead of launching it, man, that would have been goal of the year. Yeah, it. it um, they're gonna miss him. Yes. Whatever they come up with, uh, for the holding mid roll, in his absence, they are gonna miss him. You, and wanna, it, I will I'm, tell you just briefly, like it, when when. We were on the second round of questions in Wiki's news conference, and I knew that Navarro was leaving. I had no clue that Gaston Jimenez was leaving. And a, a guy who follows me on Twitter, I put something up I'm like, apparently Jimenez is leaving. Very cool that he's going to go play for one of the best national teams in the world because he does have a previous cap with Argentina, which is where he's from. And somebody on Twitter corrected me. He's like, no, he's actually going to Paraguay. I'm like, one time switch. Yep. Yeah. yeah. One time so switch. I, I checked with the club and apparently, yes, that is what happened. So and the club puts up, put out some stuff later on it, but that was a huge surprise yesterday. And, and um, usually I'm pretty on top of things and I know the answers to questions that I'm asking already in those things. And that is not, that was one that caught me way off guard. So oh, by the that's going to be a big loss. Oh, by the way, the answer, Jimenez, and maybe six. Six is definitely fair. You're starting to look and go, maybe is seven even? But nah, they weren't good enough for, and there was nobody good enough for a seven. He had six passes that were not complete, three of which came off of corner kicks. So aside from that, he had three passes that did, that were not completed. He's you don't think, man. oh, pull it up on chalk. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. screenshot and I'll put it up on, on the yeah. minivan ad, on Lots the minivan of green. ad feed. Lots of green. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, he's, like I said, the more I watch him play, the more I, he, he impressed. I, I like he's watching fan- Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. And I am worried for the fire without him, honestly. Yeah. He's starting to feel like he was, what, what did they pay for him? He's made, what did they pay for him? They paid a lot for him, but I feel like he was well worth what they're paying, what they paid. for. Yeah, him. I don't know the amount, honestly, but yeah, he's been, he's been fantastic. All right. Next we got the, the other departing international. We got Miguel and Hel Navarro. I gave him a four, and I feel like I'm being generous. Yeah, I don't think Miguel was good tonight. Um, no, I... The, the deflection that led to the Maxi Rudy goal was not his fault, probably. It was random. Except but... it, the, the, the deflection was random. He was already getting abused on that side. He was. And, and, like, the, and... like, he was beaten. He The cross comes in and makes that weird deflection, but he was already in such bad shape. 
on that particular play to begin with. If I recall, I also felt like there was a few times tonight where he had on the attack, he had a either cross or shot, or I don't know what it was supposed to be, but it was so wildly. There was one toward the end of the first half in particular Mm -hmm. that stands out. Like I, I don't, know what that was so was that the one where he had barrage wide in the middle where barrage was wide yes. open in the middle and it wound yes. up going and it wound up being an um montreal knocked it off their own post on an own goal attempt but but barrage was wide sitting like right that was a different one yeah that was that was a different one than i was thinking of but yeah that was that off navarro as well i believe i thought it I think was, it was yeah it, he was not it was not his best night for sure no all right. Um, speaking of, we're going to go to who my man of the match was tonight. And um, second goal score new, um, w- was awarded a, his, contra- his extension was picked up or his option year was picked up rightfully. One Francisco Calvo. I have him at a mm-hmm. six. I, I think I he could, should be a seven. You, I said you could persuade me into a seven. Talk mm-hmm. me through why he's a seven tonight. Uh, got forward, was intelligent, scored the goal. He had two or three really good um, stops or clearances that at, at key moments of the game. He was never, never seemed to be wildly out of position. Um, I think without him, they lose this game. So okay. it's it, he. He was the most important player on the field to me today, and. Um, I know, it, you know, I, I do think that it's, if we're going to say that Calvo sucks at times, and, and yes, he does, he was fantastic tonight. I think he deserves a seven. Okay. I, and, I, and I told you, I, I told you in pre-show that I, I could be convinced he's a seven. That seems like a fair enough defense. He has a few more passes that were not completed, unlike Jimenez, but Calvo was, like you said, he had, a, um, he had late in the first, was middle to late in the first half, there was the one where he got a touch to it. It was, it almost became a goal anyway, but his touch was mm-hmm. saved saved him. There was another one I want to say later in the second half. Yeah, he had a couple really nice clearances. So nope, I I, I told you I could be talked into a seven. It wasn't going to be hard. I so a seven I'm fine with. Um, Mauricio Pineda, I have him at a five. I'm not sure about that one. I could be persu- I'm going to leave it at a five for now. I'm going to be generous. But he might be closer to a four than he is a five. And the reason why is on the opening goal, he was the one sitting right out in front that could have cleared Shuttleworth. Now, he was turned the wrong way. But he's the closest one, and he got beaten to the ball. So whatever the case may be, he's got to be the one that gets that ball. So he's the closest one. When that gets spilled, he's got to knock that away. He didn't get there in time. So that was was it. And then on Montreal's goal... um, by Yerudi, he was the one. He was the one marking Yerudi. He didn't get between Yerudi and, and the goal. I get it. Again, it was kind of fluky and weird. He was. I don't know if the if the way that that he he was with him, the ball shot over across the box and hit Yerudi in like the shin or something. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's Pineda's fault, but yeah, on the first goal, I do think he probably bears some responsibility for cleaning up the spill. But that's secondary responsibility. But like you know, Bobby shouldn't have made the spill. But um, correct, correct. So I, I think a five is fair for him. Okay, okay, fair enough. And again, now we're going to move on to Boris Sekulich. Um, again, I've got him at a four. Again, I feel like I'm being a little generous. He was absolutely abused on that left wing by Bojan. Is it Bojan? Is that how it's pronounced? I think so. Yeah. Um. That set up the spill that scored the first goal. He, mm-hmm. I mean, he got he got almost spun around. And if you're, was uh, it? Yeah, because it was it was his right. Yeah, so yeah, it that was, was it was Boris. It was Boris, and he had yeah. absolutely abused. I get Bojan's good. You're an, if you're a starting right defender for in an MLS team, I know MLS is not a European team, but by any stretch, you shouldn't be turned you shouldn't be turned around like that that as easily as he was and. So therefore, I, I I don't remember. He seemed to get forward a bit and do okay, like he does every night. But again, the, I know Wiki's thing with these his outside defenders is they get forward, and that's prob- almost like their primary thing. You still got to defend, and you got to be a little better than that. So that's why he's got a four for tonight. They all need to take a cue from Johnny B. Like he seems to get the balance, and he doesn't go forward as much as the others. And maybe, maybe Wiki because the others are others are younger and faster. 
Um, he wants him to do it more, but but Johnny V seems to get that balance right. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on that one. So, all right, last of the starters tonight, Bobby Shuttleworth. I, I gave him a five, and we've talked about a little this, this a little bit in pre-show, and he had three really really nice saves. But that spill to me is huge. If, I know it knuckled. I know. Make that sp- yeah. This, if, this I know it knuckled all this. Yeah. If it he absolutely didn't make could. that one error, if this could be a nine. Like he was, he was excellent other than that. Agreed. So, but at the same time, that's, I, I still, and we talked about it again, we talked about this in pre-show. My, my assessment is that spill changed the tone of the game. They had it gone did, up. For sure. They were starting to find, you know, you, you talk about this same day travel and every time the fire and I don't, and it seems like even the, the opposition, the road team, it takes 15 minutes to get woken up and get into, get into the flow of the game. So the fire finally in the flow of the game, they even stole a goal out of that by Diop's wonderful turnover. Mm-hmm. However, now you've given it right back. Yeah. And Did you see his face after the goal? He knew. Yeah, he knew. He, he knew. knew. That's one he doesn't. That's a mistake he usually doesn't make. And it, it, maybe I'm harsh, but at the same time, I think it changed the contour, the context of that game. It changed the, the flow. And but the but you're right. His saves in late in the first half and in the second half, he had one late in the first half. He had two in the second half that were outstanding. They don't win without. They don't draw without him. But like I said, that one I I I. Yeah. So. All right, now we're. I'm going to just start with just saying Kappelhoff and Bronico. I did not give marks to. They weren't on long enough. I don't. Um, Kappelhoff had absolutely nothing, like no passes, no defenses, nothing. Um, same with Bronico. They did not do anything. They. I'm looking at the op to chalkboard. No passes, no defending, nothing. So you really can't rate the two of them. No. Johnny B. I've got him at a five tonight. He got forward a little bit. Um, but not really impactful per se. He was there. He was a guy. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing good. Nothing bad. Um. CJ. Got him at a four. I. I. He was brought into the game to do some to do some things. Uh. He's got. I'm looking at his chalkboard right now. He has one completed pass, one not completed, and one clearance. The clearance was good. The clearance was good, but. He's a forward. Yeah, he's, he's a playing forward. In the ten, he's playing in the 10 spot. I mean, he was, yeah. he was, he went in for Herbers and he didn't do what he was supposed to do. And I don't remember there, there was, a, he had one nice, I thought connection play up front. And then there was another one where he stopped because he was offside. I mean, he was brought on to get the second, to get them back to get him a winner or get him a the second goal and, and a winner. And, he wasn't involved in any of it, so. So would you give him a four? Is that right? A four. Okay, that's fair. And and now we're going to talk about the Kiwi and Crouch, or Kiwino, as you like to call him. Kiwino is so much better. Yeah, he, he looks. He he's Peter Crouch. Sorry, he's. He, so. I've got a four for him as well. Again, came on the side. Um, I'm looking at his numbers. He completed one pass and has three that he didn't. Yeah, he um he did not his best tonight. not his best night. He did less tonight than he usually does. Yeah, correct. So I again did not have an that that three the three subs Johnny B solidified the solidified the left side that's good. Collier and Sapong not much of an impact at all. I mean that's kind of where we're where we're at. So um no arguments with that one though. No, fair. Okay, all right. So that's that's who I rated tonight. Um, I'll very try... middle of the road ratings, other than Calvo, for a very middle of the road game. Yeah, not quite Cincinnati level of cure of insomnia, but it was not the most exciting game, especially from about the 65th minute onward. It just seemed like both teams just said, "All right, we're done for the night," kind of thing. The eight. Yeah, I, I spent most of the game either. Um, talking to my younger son or talking to Brian Sandlow and, and Elliot from Chicago's best on Twitter about 
Spurs versus Arsenal. So yeah, um, I saw I, I did see that. Um, your reference of Spurs and draws. I thought that was that was very well done. Yeah, the, <laughs> I, one of my favorite all time Thierry quotes is, "They were celebrating a draw. They were celebrating a draw. Think of that. That's their mentality. They were celebrating a draw." So. When Yama, when he went to Montreal, I'm like, did Thierry have to tell him not to celebrate a draw? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, Brian wanted me to break out, you know, the, the, the classics. You're going to play the classics. If you're an Arsenal fan, you're going to say, did you guys get a DVD for that? Did you put the pressure on? I don't need to do the classics all the time. I enjoy them. But sometimes you want to go with different Spurs jokes um, to me. So. Yeah, yeah, no, and Sandlow is definitely a good a good Spurs fan. Um, I, I guess it just proves yes. some some people in life are masochists, and that just happens to be you know for him that's just kind of how it works. So, um, I told him that I'm like, you got to choose, and you chose Spurs. So You're did not you? Born into this, I chose <laughs> Arsenal because the head coach of the Montreal Impact was quite a good player when I was beginning to watch the Premier League in the early 2000s. Now, I, I know you you got to interview him Friday. Was that... Interview t- is a very... Uh, I got to ask a question in a okay. Zoom news conference. I but, will tell you that I have interviewed two U.S. presidents, and I think I was more nervous for this. He is why you're an Arsenal fan. Am I correct? I, is, I, I wrote an article in the Arsenal program about him. And obviously, Chris is also a big reason why I'm an Arsenal fan. Chris showed me the way. And then Thierry brought me in, I think. But um, but yeah, he, he he's probably, other than Michael Jordan, my favorite athlete of all time. Like, he's he's up there with, you know. Sure. He's probably it besides Michael Jordan. And, and he, I, I consider him to be like the coolest guy on the planet. And I know from people who have dealt with him that he isn't always the nicest guy. And I, I didn't want, I asked him a pretty easy question. I didn't want him to be a dick though. I just, just, I just didn't (laughs) want him to be a dick. So, and it was weird because I have never covered a Montreal impact news conference, but the first six or seven questions were in French. And so I'm sitting there and I speak a good amount of Spanish and, and some German and no, no French, like five words of French probably. So um, it's, I'm not understanding a thing. And then it's, and then the PR guy goes and in English, Patrick McCraney. And I'm like, like, sorry if you've answered this, but I don't speak French. But I asked what he thought of the fire and, and how he what he expected from them. And he had a ton of praise for for Wiki. Like he's he's like, I like what they're seeing. They're getting unlucky. Uh, I like what they're doing. He The coach is, is doing the right things. Um, and I'm like. It, okay. But he started the quote with he starts the quote with listen. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what did I do? And then he's like and then he's like super cool. I'm like, OK, good. Good. So, yeah, that was a little, it was a very cool thing for me. All right. So fire draw two to two. Um, I guess we're going to finish. I got one other question for you tonight, Pat. I saw you put it on Twitter tonight. You have an announcement with Hot Time in Old Town. Yeah. Uh, Alex Campbell is joining the staff. So I re- regret to inform you that you are being let go. Okay. Um, no, I'm just kidding. We can Damn. have more. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, you have to remain on staff and keep doing player rating stories. All right. Um, I could, I could do maybe perhaps Alex will take over your duties with the Red Stars, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, Alex is, if you don't know Alex, you should follow him. He's a good writer, good journalist. Um, he's written for SI. He's written for... Um, he was the fire guy. For, yeah, he was the fire guy for MLS Soccer, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's... He's still a guy who's who's always you know involved. He's got a good podcast, better better than this podcast, I'm sure. Um, the bar isn't set very high there. It's pretty low, actually. But uh, he's. I blame you for that, by the way. He's. I bring a lot to the table. Sure. Um, We're gonna go with that. 
he uh, <laughs> he he gets good guests on his podcast, and and he's still you know an active Thank part you. of like the the you get the best guest. Um, but yeah, he's <laughs> hey, still part we're of gonna like, leave Combs out of this tonight. Stuff, so um, no, I. We, we have a like Brian and Jeremy and I have talked about the fact that like Alex is so thorough at tweeting the the news conferences that we don't really do that. <laughs> we just kind of let him have it. So um, yeah, he's a, he's a great addition. Good guy. Um, excited to have him. Yeah, I, I saw that too, and I and that's that's pretty outstanding. So I wanted to bring that one up. Um, Two to two, we're going uh, midweek Kansas City game. I think when we talked about this last Saturday, we had said a six-point trip was a pipe dream, which we knew it was. Four points would be good. Two points would be fine. Less than that would be. Is that still still yeah. seem fair? Yeah, but this is the one they were supposed to win, and that was the one they were supposed to draw. So. <laughs> Um, Kansas City seems like a much tougher ask than Montreal in Harrison. Um, yeah. So, but you, I mean, the, little, but the blue, but the blue hell isn't going to be exactly the blue hell. They're not there yet. So it's it's um, if they can win this game, it would be the biggest win of the year. Even though it's a Western Conference team, and it doesn't that is the one benefit, I guess it doesn't. It's not a six pointer as as far as that goes, but um, mm-hmm. it, it's. It, I don't think they're going to win the game, so um, a win would be a surprise, and a draw would even probably be a pleasant surprise, and I would like it. So, I don't have high hopes going in, and especially without Gaston, and I hope I'm proven wrong. And and that was going to add. That was going to be my follow up question: Is this without having Gaston Jimenez? Does that does the ask get even that much higher? I mean, you and I talking kind of last week and even before the show, just in pre show, going, that's a lot to ask going into Kansas City with Gaston Jimenez. Now you're taking him as he's playing. I think the best he's you know his this stretch has been the strongest he's been all year. And now you're taking him out of the lineup and trying to fill that in. Like Navarro losing Navarro, I. I hate to be the bearer brand i don't think it's necessarily it's not a positive but it's not a negative either because you still do have johnny b out there um my my concern is that's a you're it's a lot of soccer for johnny b coming up i think andre reynolds is going to play i think you're going to be right about johnny b is still your starter but i think andre is going to be getting some minutes he's going to be your he's going to be a rotation guy and Mm -hmm. and you and you talk about that and then you've got dc united on the um next weekend at home Mm -hmm. at soldier field maybe this is the one you do some squad rotation on would would you be would you be surprised yes because wiki doesn't really squad rotate all that much i would be surprised if he did that at all but okay (laughs) fair fair he's got a lot of games coming up so he might break some of that out uh, and, and he's smart enough to know that. So anyway, so um, after tonight, the live standings show the fire back below the block are back below the line. They are in 11th. They are a point out of the playoffs, um, a, game, a point behind Montreal, Atlanta. Yeah, Nashville. there's a lot of teams ahead of them. So, yeah, they're, they're in 11th, but they're a point out of eighth. Correct. And, and Nashville is in is sitting in 10th. With a with a game in hand, so they technically um, they I don't know how it, MLS does their standings, but they show the fire, you know, Nashville in tenth, the fire in eleventh. A whole lot of whatever. They're, like you said, there's a lot of soccer left to be played upcoming here. So um, they go to Kansas City is currently sitting third in the West on 23 points out of 14 games. So. You know, we and I, I mentioned the DC game. DC sitting in 14th at, uh, on 11 points in 15 games, and they and they looked, although I believe they won tonight, but they've looked pretty rudderless of late. So, yeah, they beat no they they lose to Atlanta, no they lost to Atlanta tonight. That was the one where they tried to slip on the ineligible player. Was somebody not in the 18? Yes. They tried to put him on the field, <laughs> and and Olson turns and looks like, "What do you want me to do? Forfeit the game?" <laughs> and at that point, they're already—I believe—they were losing pretty sound. I think they're losing. How does that happen? I'm not sure what's worse. 
how does it happen that he's on the bench or how did the referees not pick up on this? You know, I know people, I'm, I, I'm usually one to defend pro referees. Now, sometimes it depends on my mood. Other times I savage them, but this is, I'm going, you can't defend this. You can't defend it on his side. You can't defend it on his, on pro referees. He's not on the 18. How does that happen? Yeah, they lost four nothing tonight. So this might be this might be the opportunity needed. So I feel into- like, and I know you want to maximize TV dollars, but I kind of feel like MLS might have been better served with backing off the schedule a little bit. I, I feel like maybe we're getting some tired people, tired refs, like just tired coaches. Maybe the product has suffered a little bit because of the amount of games. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I, you know what? I hadn't, I'm not going to lie. I hadn't really thought of it in that context, but I don't necessarily disagree with you. I know when the fire, before they had a little bit of a layoff in there, we, we were saying the same, we we're making the same comment. Like there's like bang, bang. And it's like, and they look tired. So that's why I asked about squad rotation. Cause I think that's if, if this team is any good and you want to make the playoffs, you've got to be able to do some squad rotation. And this is where somebody like a Brant Bronico has a chance to get back. Kapelhoff, if he's healthy, becomes a key part of this. I mean, those those two specifically are the ones I'm looking at. Um, CJ Sapong mm-hmm. needs needs to be able to make an impact. At, at there, or else Elliot Collier. I mean, he, they, he gets his minutes. They, these are guys that need to step into that role because – the legs are going to get heavy for Robert Barich, for Georgie Mahalovich, for Madron. I mean, they're going to get they're going to get heavy. So that you need is to have... one of the nice things about this season is they have a reasonable amount of depth to the point where you don't go, God, I don't know what they're going to do. Like you, you have a there's always a backup plan. So for most areas. Um. Well, we're going to so hopefully those guys see some minutes. We're going to we're definitely going to find out. So, all right. This is the minivan dad soccer pod. We can be found. We we do Chicago fire post game shows. Uh, we occasionally drop a pod during the week. We haven't with, with such a busy run of games that haven't really felt obligated, but we'll try and change some of that too. Um, I can be found at TJ Zaremba. The show is at minivan dad pod. Patrick's at Patrick McCaney or hot time old town. What's your final thoughts tonight, Pat? Uh, I guess I'll take it. I'll take the point. Well, t- one point gained is better than none, so I agree with that. And on that note, you're done. <laughs>